hello, Career Nation. Welcome to the Deliver on Your Business podcast, where you are the boss. Each week, we talk about how to make the most of your business as an independent contractor, as a courier delivering for gig economy apps like Grubhub, DoorDash, Postmates, Uber Eats, and so many others. Well, hey, Courier Nation. How's it been going this last week or two for you? You know, this this whole thing uh, with the coronavirus, with the COVID-19 coronavirus, uh, it's, it's totally upended everything, hasn't it? And we're probably in one of those few industries that's uh, got a chance to be somewhat close to normal. But even then, I don't think it's anywhere close to normal, you know? So I'm curious how it's working for you. How How is everything going? You know, there, there are some places that they've kind of locked down things a little more than others. Uh, San Francisco has kind of locked down almost everything, but you can still do delivery. And uh, here in Denver in this last week, uh, they closed down all the restaurants and bars, and the only thing they can do is take out and delivery. And, you know, it has, it's been different. And I know for me, the hardest thing has been going in those restaurants. And I've been writing about this over on EntreeCourier.com. And you can go into the blog and look for the articles that lead off with the delivery life. I've been doing something a little bit different in that I've been getting probably more into kind of my personal feelings and, and what's been going on with me on delivery rather than focusing as much at least in those articles on the practical stuff that's usually been kind of the cornerstone of what I've been doing here. And uh, it's just been hard, you know. I mean, especially on Monday, that's the day that uh, uh, the uh, mayor here in Denver put out the word that, you know what, we're going to close down all the restaurants. And it was like walking into a funeral uh, just in some of those restaurants because it was like a lot of people that they knew they're going to be laid off here in the next day or two. And that, that's not easy. And you just see the looks and the expressions on the uh, business owners' faces and things. And, uh, uh, man, I hope everybody can get through that. But I know that some of them aren't. And that's just not easy, is it? And, and there are so many concerns and so many worries. I do believe we're going to bounce back. And we're going to bounce back pretty well. But I also believe a lot of things are going to change. And so... One other thing that I wanted to kind of point out is I'll put a link in the show notes, but I had kind of an interesting thing this last week. I got a phone call from Andy Keshner uh, with MarketWatch, and he had found a couple of things that I'd had there. So he wanted to ask me a few things about what I was thinking, how I was feeling. And so uh, yesterday he actually ended up publishing his article. So uh, if you, if you want to see a little bit more about me, uh, you can go read the article there. And like I said, I'll put a, I'll put a link in the show notes there so that you can kind of see some of that. Now I'm starting to carry around a little voice recorder. And so I'm kind of thinking next week, I might probably just spend some time, you know, playing some stuff for I'm talking to, restaurant owners and staff, uh, maybe to uh, other couriers that are out still doing delivery. Um, that's that's kind of the hope to uh, start uh, getting some other voices about how is this impacting you and things like that. So stay tuned for that one today. So anyway, I wanted to ask this question. What 
What about the response of these delivery companies to this crisis? What have they been doing? How is that going to impact things in the long run? You know, and, and is the response by Grubhub, Uber Eats, DoorDash, is it the kind of thing that's going to help them or is it going to hurt their long-term survival chances? Uh, because, you know, and, and some would say, well, why would it hurt? Because you're getting more deliveries. It's got to help them, right? I'm not sure. I'm going to say it's an interesting time to be alive. You got people stuck in their homes. They're relying more on delivery. And you got a lot of places where you can't get food other than takeout or delivery. And so you would think that this could be really good for all these delivery companies. And yet I wonder if this could be the kind of thing that could topple any of them, you know? You would expect this to be a golden opportunity. And I think it is. It could be, if they take it, for one company or more to really set themselves apart. I don't see it happening so far. But here's the deal. I mean, we're in a time where we're so dependent on restaurants right now. We got so many people, they never cook. They're always doing either delivery or they're eating out. And now that the restaurants are closed, um, at least in a lot of markets, you would think this would be a great opportunity for these companies. You know, think about it. You've got, you've really got a, uh, an opportunity where you've got a lot of people that are going to be ordering in delivery that probably have never done it before. And that's got to be far better than I think any kind of marketing campaign that any of these companies could hope for, right? It's doing exactly what you want to do is getting more customers. But I'm not so sure that it's going to be the best thing for them because I just see enough things in how these companies do things and seeing how they've responded that I think it could turn into a disaster for some of them, maybe even cop, uh, maybe even completely topple one or two of them. I think it's a real possibility. Now, generally, it's been kind of a matter of what they have been doing in response, and there have been a couple of positives, but what they haven't been doing as well. And you know, one of the big ones is, of course, they're slashing the commissions. In other words, they're they're waiving or reducing the fees that they charge to the restaurants, and. Obviously, that could be a good thing, right? At least, well, it could be and it couldn't be. I mean, it's 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 a financial risk to do that. But, you know, I talked a while ago to a, a friend who was, uh, he's a general manager at a restaurant in the area. And, you know, he uses all these delivery companies. And he said he pays out about 20% commissions on any deliveries that go out. I said, you know, the, the actual cost for him is about 80% of his price, and what that boils down to is he doesn't make any money on deliveries. There's there's absolutely zero profit. So I asked him, well, so what's the point? Why would you even do that? And he said, it's exposure. It's marketing. It's, he said, what it is is that people then find us on those websites. They order in. They get an experience with our food, with our product. And then it, that leads to some of them then coming in the door. And when they come in the door, that's when we get to make our money. And that makes sense. I get that. Um, and, and it's kind of like free marketing because he gets exposure to people without actually having to pay for the advertising that, uh, you know, how much you got to pay for radio ads or newspaper ads or any of those things. So there's some sense in that. But now with this virus, everything's different, isn't it? Because now you don't have the people dining in. And you don't have those profits coming in from those people that are dining in. And that lack of profit then on delivery orders, it doesn't make sense. 
And so some of these companies are making some changes and a couple aren't really as much. Grubhub originally, they announced, hey, we're going to, we're just going to waive the uh, commissions that we're charging to independent restaurants. And I, I think they kind of choose, okay, we're going to do it with the independents, not necessarily with the chains because the chains, they've got probably a little better reserve to be able to kind of survive this thing than a lot of the mom and pop places. But anyway, their their press release, they said, you know, Grub's, Grubhub's initiative will provide immediate and substantial cash flow relief to qualified independent restaurants. And I think it was like two days later that Uber, and a, Uber Eats announced they were going to do the same thing. They were going to suspend the commission charges for independent restaurants. And I've seen uh, some reports, like there was an article in Barron's where there was a stock analyst who was kind of thinking that that could lower their standing as far as being a stock, because that's a significant part of their money. It's, it's actually a risk that they're taking because they get more money from their commissions than they did from you know delivery fees or anything like that. So that's a pretty substantial risk reducing a lot of their income during this time. But I've got to give them credit because I think they're playing the long game here, you know. They understand that if they're going to survive as a company, these restaurants got to survive, you know, because these restaurants, if, if you don't have restaurants to deliver from, you can't do delivery, right? So these restaurants have to survive. And if they can do something to help these restaurants keep going, I think in the end, you know what, it it also helps them with loyalty because of those restaurants remember that. I know one one guy, he would probably never, uh, what he said to me yesterday, he'd probably never go away from Uber Eats because of this because he said, hey, man, I'm so thankful for you guys out there. And I said, and I'm so thankful that Uber Eats, you know, if they hadn't waived their fees, we probably wouldn't be able to survive this thing. And so that kind of thing makes a big difference, you know, uh, and because – you know, so many of these places, it's it's hard enough keeping things going as a restaurant anyway. Now, with Postmates, DoorDash, it's kind of a different story. Um, I can see somebody from DoorDash right now. You're probably jumping up and down saying, hey, 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 what about us? We're waiving fees too. Why didn't you mention us? Okay, I know that's not happening because I'm pretty sure somebody from DoorDash isn't listening to this tiny little podcast. But I will say that all along, though, you know, DoorDash did do something. They, they, you know, they got splashed all over the news that they were doing something. But when you dig into it, you see this is typical for DoorDash, and they're more about spin than they are substance. And they did that here. You know, what they did was they said they announced a package of commission relief and marketing support. But when you get down to it, when you read the details of their announcement, what they are doing is they are waiving fees, but they're only waiving it for restaurants that are just coming on. Um, they did say, okay, we're going to do some reductions or something like that for some of the customers that are already there. But the deal is, I mean, they said, hey, we're, 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 we're eliminating fees too, but they're only doing it for new restaurants. And basically, while everybody else is saying, we're going to help out our existing customers by doing this, DoorDash is doing this as kind of a recruiting ploy. And so... And then you get to Postmates, and basically all they're doing is just waiving some fees for some restaurants in San Francisco, for restaurants that sign up for their relief program, whatever that involves. So why is there a difference? Why is Uber Eats and Grubhub completely waiving fees for their existing customers and DoorDash and Postmates are not? 
And I think it has to do with where they are as companies, because you have to remember that Uber and Grubhub are both publicly traded companies. They are already at a place where, okay, they're up and running and they've gotten to this point, which is kind of the goal with a lot of these companies, get to a point where you're, 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 you're public and everything like that. And so it's, your relationship with your stockholders is one of keeping the company going and and of being profitable. But then you get DoorDash and Postmates, and they're kind of on the other side of that line. They're still in startup mode, basically. You know, the, the whole idea with startup investments, the people that give them the investments is the idea to give them the money that allows them to build the company to a point where they can go public. And so the investors get their money back when the company goes public. But there's a problem right now, and that is that uh, people are not as comfortable with uh, these new companies coming up if those companies don't show that they can be profitable. And DoorDash and Postmates have not been profitable. DoorDash did just announce, you know, they kind of quietly announced that they're going to start trying to do something with that uh, IPO. Um but I'm sure that that's all on pause right now because this is not a good time to try and go public. And the other problem here is that when there's when you've got investors, you know, you get your cash from investors giving you a little more of a shot in the arm to keep you going. And the problem is, is that if you can't go public, you can't get investors to give you more money because the investors now aren't believing that they'll get their money back. So there's there's a real quandary for them. And so if DoorDash and if Postmates waive these fees, then that reduces the amount of money they've got coming in. They're losing money even worse because they're already losing money so badly. And they're going to run out of cash faster and they won't be able to get the cash back. This Guys, this could be a real disaster for these two companies. It really could topple them. And even though you know everybody makes a big deal about how DoorDash is worth so much money and that DoorDash is you know, now uh, dominant as far as market share compared to everybody else, I think they're, they're the most vulnerable of all of them. But here's another danger to this whole thing, and it is whether or not they've got the capacity to handle the increase and uh, whether or not they've got the capacity to um, to really shine as a delivery company when all of a sudden you've got a lot more people trying out delivery than ever had before. And that's not happening. And I, and in fact, it, it's probably going the opposite direction because the problem starts off with it's such an incredibly inefficient system. You know, you're sending one courier to one restaurant to deliver one order to one customer. It just doesn't make sense. And every once in a while, maybe they'll they'll add on a second or a third delivery to somebody, but it is so inefficient. It is, and there, there's no control over the process. You know, you're using contractors. You can't control what they're doing. You can't control whether or not an order gets delivered. And, and there's a real problem with that. And now with coronavirus, there's there are concerns. There's a lot of play, places that are kind of afraid that it's like, okay, we can do certain things to try and control our people to make sure that they're being sanitary. But what about these guys that are coming in and doing deliveries? And there was, there was a lot of blow up on uh, DoorDash community over a pizza place that uh, I'll put a post or I'll put a link to their little post or something like that where they said, hey, we are not going to be doing DoorDash anymore and we're doing it to protect our people and we're doing it to protect our customers. 
And you know, a lot of people were offended by that, saying, well, you think that just because we're with DoorDash, we're unsanitary? And that's not the issue. The issue is that there are too many people that are unsanitary. And and that kind of comes with that. There is absolutely no control mechanism within these companies to make sure that your couriers are following protocols and, and and to make sure that your couriers are being sanitary because you can't legally control independent contractors that way. So that just, just the, the business model itself is an issue. And then on top of it right now, I think there's kind of a double whammy and that's in the support, you know, and this is another area where I think especially DoorDash is suffering and the problem comes, though, is, okay, you know what? You get more orders. Well, that means you got more problems. And that's where support becomes a problem then because you've got to be able to get through to support. Well, support is less available in the midst of this because, because this is impacting the ability to have people come into work and do support. And in particular with DoorDash, I know for sure – and I'm pretty sure that uh, Philippines, and, or I'm sorry, with uh, Postmates and Uber Eats as well, there's a very, very heavy reliance on overseas call centers. And I know in DoorDash in particular, there's a uh, there's a Philippine call center that they really rely on. And, well, Philippines has got it worse than we do right now, and they're in a complete lockdown nationwide. And what that means then is that the support agents are quarantined at home. Well, now what? Your your support people can't work. Now, I know that the technology is there that, well, yeah, but you could have people working from home, right? I know it's there because I sold that technology. But I also know that you've got to have a lot of things in your network infrastructure and in your phone system infrastructure to allow that to happen. And here's the problem with DoorDash is, is everything that I observe of them is, you know, when it comes to support, when it comes to everything like that, they're doing things on the cheap. And when you do things on the cheap, usually you don't have that infrastructure in place. And I think that's probably part of the reason. And and dashers right now are experiencing a lot of issues where anytime you need to cry and get through to support, you can't. There's no answer. Or you get stuck in chat between behind 1,300 other people. How can you get anything done when it takes forever to get through to the support people? And you know what? And, and here's where it's a really a problem right now. And it has to do with restaurants that are closing because you've got restaurants just closing left and right right now that uh, and, and there's no planning behind this is there's no schedule anymore. Um, you know, when when restaurants, when uh, I've heard numbers as much as 75 percent decrease in dine in revenue. And that's before cities were banning that dine in revenue. And I've noticed this since Denver made the decision to close restaurants to dine-in revenue that, uh, you know, a number of places they decided we're going to try it and realize that I think it's actually costing us more to try and stay open than it does to close our doors. And so some places are closing up. Well, here's the problem when you don't have support, when you don't have the people that you can call into to say, Hey, we need to be taken offline. And, uh, when everything is overwhelmed that some of the online systems aren't working as well to do that. And so 
these restaurants can't get through to get taken offline. So people are still placing orders and then drivers are going out there and the restaurant's closed. And so what do you do? You know, as a driver, we've got two choices really. And one is contact support and two is to cancel the order or to cancel or reassign or unassign the order. Well, the problem is, is if you just unassign the order, it's going to be sent to somebody else. And so somebody else is taking that drive and somebody else is having to deal with what do we do with that now? And that could be three or four or five different people. And that just creates a cycle where you just got people taken out of commission. And so now they're not able to deliver. And so now you've got other orders not being delivered, all going back to this whole support issue. And then if you're a customer, well, what do you do? You place this order. Your order's late. You're not seeing any changes. You try contacting support. You're put on hold forever. You see, you know, somebody else has been assigned to it. Now somebody else has been assigned. And so you're getting pissed and, and you're not getting your food and you can't contact support and you don't know if you're going to get your money back or not. And so here's the deal with all of this is that when the support you know, the support sucks as it is. Uh, you can go back and listen to a lot of things that I've said before talking about that, but now it's really bad. So on the one side, you're getting a lot of new people in. That's a good thing, right? Except for if their first impression of you is horrible, when are they going to come back? And now you have lost all opportunities to reach out to that new person and bring them in as a customer because you screwed it up in the middle of this. And so if these companies don't support, don't fix the support issue, I think it's going to hurt them. This whole influx of deliveries is going to hurt them more than it's going to help them. Now, I would say probably if any of them has the best chance to kind of get through that, it's probably Grubhub. And, and it comes down to two things. You know, one is they were the first one to take the step to waive the fees. And... And that, that's going to remain in the memory of the restaurant owners. But two is I think they do seem like they're better equipped to be able to pivot, to make changes. I have noticed that I can get through to somebody usually on the chat within about five to 10 minutes on Grubhub that I can't with anybody else. And that, you know what, if they've got some availability, that makes a difference. Um, here's the thing is, again, I don't have any inside information to know what kind of systems anybody is using, what kind of um, phone system, what kind of networks, infrastructure, any of that stuff. But I have noticed Grubhub making changes before. Um, in some ways, they were negative because it used to be they had a substantial team of driver support that was uh, stateside. And eventually they shifted a lot of that thing overseas to the overseas call centers. But the fact that they could shift that way, I think they've got ability to shift back this way. Because here's the thing, you got a lot of people sitting at home and, you know, a lot of opportunities, I think, to bring people on to try and help you out with some of those things. And so Grubhub just seems to be, I think, better equipped right now to handle all of this than any of the others. This is... I think a golden opportunity for one company to really distance themselves from everybody else because, but the problem is support sucks right now. I mean, it sucked beforehand, but when it's even worse now and it's worse at the time that they need it to be better now, that's kind of a problem. If any company could turn that around, if they could invest in adding on the people that they need to pay, even if it means paying a lot of money for them right now, 
and just blow people away by their responsiveness and, and by m- making things happen, they could so far distance themselves from everybody else. But I just, I don't see anything that shows that any of these companies are doing that. And so I don't know that it's necessarily the boon for everybody. I think it may be a disaster for many, if not all of these companies. Because the thing is, is this thing is, it's like exploding. It, it, it's, it's exposing the greatest flaws of this whole business model. The fact that they cannot control the couriers. The fact that it's such an inefficient system. The fact that support is was as bad as it is and it's getting even worse. And it all just kind of brings to light the flaws of this contractor model and with, you know, with drivers that don't get sick leave and that's getting a lot of attention. That's getting a lot of a press that, that drivers, you know what, if, if things get shut down, drivers can't take unemployment because we're not employees. And then you've got like Grubhub's attendance policy that discourages drivers from dropping blocks if they don't feel safe. And so all of this stuff is kind of adding up. And it's like all the sins of all these platforms are coming to light because of this. So I'm thinking, it, you know, it could be more of a disaster for them than anything else. And I think it could be the kind of thing that could be too much for one, two, maybe all four of them to overcome. I don't know. I'm curious to see what happens. I hope they make it because I enjoy doing this delivery stuff. But right now, I think the whole business model is is just one big house of cards right now. And these are the kind of extraordinary circumstances that could just knock the whole thing over. This is a great opportunity for some company. If they really wanted to invest, if they really wanted to do what they needed to do to set themselves apart, you know, DoorDash could, I mean, they could, they could cement their lead to a fat to the point that nobody could come back or, or Grubhub could come back to the place where they were. Uber Eats, they could vault themselves into first place. Postmates, I'm, I don't think they got a whole lot of chance either way, but it takes doing some tremendous things in the midst of this to make it happen. And unfortunately, I don't see that happening. Now, there's a lot of thought out there that maybe in a few weeks, a lot of things are going to settle down that, uh, Things will start to get back to normal, and it'll be business as usual. And I hope so. I'm not sure that's a possibility in our industry. I just, you know, um, I hope that I'm wrong. I'd love to see it strengthen the industry, but I guess all I can say right now in the middle of all this is when I look at how these companies have responded or their lack of responses, just be ready for it to be maybe not strengthening the industry and maybe doing the opposite. I kind of hate ending on that note, but you know what? It is a part of the thing that you want to watch those things and you want to start looking for, okay, what else is there? Because I, I think, you know, it's, it's things of this nature. It's things of this magnitude that really, that really tell you, what's good, what's bad out there. And when you have a bad business model, this is the kind of thing that exploits it, that, that, that exposes it. And um, so anyway, that's kind of where I see things as far as how these companies are responding. You know, the, the bigger question is, how are you responding right now? How are you doing? I'd love to hear from you. Um, go to the website at entrecourier.com, click on the contact, and you can... You can uh, Leave me a voicemail off of the contact page. You can email me. 
Um, let me know how you're doing and uh, what are you doing to get through this. And uh, I'd, I'd really just love to hear from you. In the meantime, folks, I'm just going to ask you this question is, if this website is helping you, please spread the word. If, if the website, if the podcast, if any of this is giving you good information to help you with your business, let other people know. Because if other people can know, that means we can help more people run their business to help them take control. And that's the last thing I'll ask you to do today is to do exactly that, is to take control of your life, your business. This, this coronavirus thing doesn't have to control you. You can decide what you do. And I really encourage you to take control of your life and to be the boss. 